Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Genesis 17, God speaks to Abraham. How does faith come? From hearing and hearing the word of God, right? Hearing from God. Hearing from God. Well, God speaks to Abraham. See, that's why he, that's why he had faith. He had to have heard from God to have faith. So we heard from God. And God says here in 17.1, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Almighty. He is the almighty God. Everybody say almighty. Almighty. Not some mighty. Not a little mighty. He's all. All. Almighty. See, we need to get a hold of that. Abraham got a hold of that, no doubt. When God spoke that to him, he got revelation. This is the almighty God. This isn't just some kind of totem pole or some kind of painted image or some kind of thing that so many people worship and bow down to and call God. There's so many things in the creation that people call God that are inferior by far. To the true and living God. Our God is the God of Abraham. And he is the almighty God. Everybody say almighty. Almighty. He's the almighty God. I see a lot of people don't know that. See when when they talk about God. They don't know he's almighty. Now you could say. You know. People might say he's almighty. But do they really understand. We might say he's almighty. But do we really have the revelation. That Abraham got. That enabled Abraham to do what Abraham did. Through the course of his life. In believing God. I mean he had never seen anybody raised from the dead before. Yet Abraham somehow. He knew that if he offered up his son as a sacrifice to God, according to God's command, that God would have to raise him from the dead. God never even said he would raise him from the dead. But he knew that he was in covenant with the almighty God. And he knew that God had to keep his promises to Abraham that through Isaac... All the nations of the earth would be blessed. Abraham knew that. And he also knew that God had the power to raise his son from the dead. So he got that revelation, I'm sure, a lot of it right here. When God spoke to him. I am almighty God. I am almighty God. Now in my margin, it tells me the Hebrew word for almighty God. I don't know if you have this, you know, in the margin of your Bible, but my Bible says El Shaddai. El Shaddai. That's the Hebrew word for almighty God. And it literally means not only almighty God, but it also means all sufficient one. 
He's the all, he says, I'm the all-sufficient one. It also means the God who's more than enough. God is a God who's more than enough for you. He's more than enough. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of overflow. That's who he is. This isn't a God that's just got a little bit of power, some resources, some ability. No, no, no. Some wisdom. No, no, no. He is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and overflowing. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's always overflowing. That's our God. That's our God. He's an overflowing God. He also appeared to Abraham and said in Genesis 22, verse 14, And Abraham called the name of the place where the Lord had provided for him. The Lord will provide, as it is written to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. My margin says, for the Lord will provide... Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh. And literally, it can be translated, the the Lord that sees ahead and provides. So he's the God who's more than enough. And he's the Lord that sees ahead and provides. Well, provides for who? Well, he provided for Abraham. And if he provided for Abraham, he'll provide for you. How do you know? Because that's his name. It's who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, our provider. That's who he is. He's provider. Well, who's he provider for? He's provider for his creation. He's a provider for his people. He's a provider for you and I. He doesn't cease being Jehovah Jireh when he gets involved in your life. He says, well, now I'm not Jehovah Jireh to you. No, if, if he is Jehovah Jireh, he doesn't change his name when he, when he starts dealing with you. He doesn't become the Lord, our stingy one. The Lord that's not willing this time. No, he's not the Lord that's unwilling to give or provide. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our provider. And he is the God who's more than enough. He is the all-sufficient one. This is our God. This is my God. I'm just telling you about my God tonight. You want to take ownership of him? You go ahead. I'm just telling you about my God tonight. He is the almighty God. Now, you see, like like I said, it might sound real basic, but it's not. It's not. There's there's a depth to understanding all these things. There's a depth to this truth concerning who he is. To the point where I've been meditating on it. I've been, been, the Lord just keeps bringing me back. I keep looking at it. You are El Shaddai. You are the all-sufficient one. I mean, you don't just do something. You don't just go a little ways. You go all the way and beyond. When you do stuff, that's just who you are. You're the God, really, who's too much. 
You're, you're, the, you're the too much kind of God. That, that's who you are. See, 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 because I, I don't want to live my life with, with just barely getting by or just enough. I, I don't want to get, get by with just, just uh, 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 um, an okay physical condition. I mean, I want to be healthy and strong, even supernaturally strong. Come on, somebody. I want to be supernaturally strong. I, I don't want to just be squeaking by in life when I have El Shaddad, or El Shaddai as my dad. I don't want to just be getting by in life. I want to walk in the abundance. And there certainly should be no lack in our lives. There shouldn't be, because we serve El Shaddai. We serve the all-sufficient one. We serve Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees ahead and provideth. That's who we serve. And Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Or I shall not lack. Either way. Some translations say want. Some translations say lack. I shall not lack. What does that mean? I shall not lack for anything I want. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Who's the Lord? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provideth. The Lord our provider. That's who he is. And he is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough. And that's what Jesus understood when he walked the earth. He knew the Father. He knew him. And that's why he said to his disciples over in Mark eleven twenty four, he says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Well, how fast should we believe we receive it? Well, as soon as we're asking. That's what he's telling us. Whatso- and whatsoever things. Everybody say whatsoever things. See, he's the all-sufficient one. He's El Shaddai. God don't like only going halfway. He don't like being held back from being who he is. He doesn't like being held back from blessing your life. To overflowing your life, overwhelming your life with himself, with his goodness, with his grace, with his abundance. He wants to overwhelm us in every area of our life. Even when he saved us, the Bible tells us that he saved us a little bit. No, he saved us to the uttermost, to the uttermost. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Think about that. He is interceding for us right now. If we're in faith and we're declaring his word and we're trusting in his salvation, then he is interceding for us. He is standing up for us. And he wants to save us. He doesn't want to just get us a little bit out of the fire. He wants to take us far, far from the troubles. Of life. He wants to separate us. Holy. Set apart unto him. 
where we are far apart from evil. This word uttermost means furthest away. Furthest away. He sa- How many of you know he saved you from hell? I know about you, but I'm not going to come close to it. I'm not going to come close to it. Bless the Lord. Now, some people will. They're just going to woo. They're going to just in the midnight hour, man. They're just going to make it into the kingdom of God. And they're just going to skim past hell. That's not God's best. He wants us to have an abundant entry. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew. An abundant entry into his everlasting kingdom. See? He he wants us to have a grand entry. See, not everybody's going to have a grand entry. But that's what he wants you to have. And you need to know him. And know this is what he wants you to have. And know, hey, this is the God who's more than enough. This is the all-sufficient one. This is my provider. He's not just barely, he's not just going to cause me to barely get by, barely get into the kingdom of God, just barely escape the works of the devil in my life. No, 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 no. He saves, he delivers, he heals to the uttermost. Hallelujah. I mean, he takes you away from that wicked condition, that evil condition, that evil thing. He takes you far away from it. Far away from it. Praise God. That word uttermost also means extreme. He's extreme. That's who he is. His salvation is extreme. It's extreme. We we serve an extremely extreme God who's extreme in what he does. See, we got to get in faith about the extreme God. The extreme God. My God is an extreme God. He's extremely good. He's not just good. He's extremely good. He don't just save. He extremely saves. His salvation is extreme. See, he goes beyond. He goes beyond just what's necessary. He gives us too much. Woo, praise God. The Amplified Classic. Yeah, it'll make you happy. Praise God. If it don't get you happy, my Lord Jesus. Amplified Classic. Therefore, he is able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him. Praise God. That's who he is. That's who he is. No devil can touch us. The wicked one touches us not. When we understand this extreme salvation, how he takes us so far away, so far out of evil, so far out of darkness. The wicked one, the Bible says in 1 John, touches us not. Over in Luke, the 10th chapter, Jesus said, now you listen to me. I'm telling you that through faith in God, you will tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means, nothing shall by any means Harm you. Wow. Somebody say nothing. Nothing. Shall by any means. Harm me. me. No fiery furnace. No No lion's den. den. It can't harm me. me. Do we have examples of that in the word? Yes. Yes. 
We see it in the Bible. We see Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And they were taken and they were thrown in that fiery furnace. They were thrown in there, tied up with ropes, bound. There they were in that furnace. And the king that had them thrown in that fire, that furnace was so hot that the men that threw them in died from the heat. Think about that. And, and, and the kings who had them thrown in there stood up and looked in there. And he said to somebody next to him, he said, didn't we throw three men in there? Bound? And they said, yes. He says, why do I see four loosed? Dancing around in there. I added that. <laughs> they were thrown into a fiery furnace, and the only thing that burned was the bondages. And when they came out, now listen to this. When they came out, the Bible makes a point to let you know about this uttermost salvation. When they came out, not only were they not harmed by the fire, but their clothing was not singed. And it even goes on to say, and they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. I mean, you know, a lot of folks who ride the bus can't say that. Here they were in a smoking, fiery, hot, burning furnace, man. Not only did they come out alive. I mean, you, know, you think, I mean if they came out and, and, and they were patting the flames off themselves, that would have been good. That would have been, wow, man. And, just... and, and then and the, and the clothes, are, clothes are all burned up. You know, you think, well, praise God. That's awesome. But no, but they come walking out of there and they don't even, the Bible says they don't even smell like smoke. They were saved. They were delivered to the uttermost, to the uttermost, to the uttermost. It didn't even come near them, praise God. Hallelujah. See, a lot of folks have the idea that our salvation is narrow. It's a narrow salvation. It's a difficult tight walk that we as Christians have to walk through this life. And they get it from over in Matthew, the seventh chapter. In verse 13, when Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. See, a lot of folks think, well, see now, you know, I don't know about this being saved of the uttermost, you know. Because, you know, the Bible's telling us that the Christian life is difficult. It's difficult. It's narrow. It's narrow and difficult, you know, like, like walking a tightrope. And anybody can fall off at any time. But that's not what the Christian life really is. I said, that's not what the Christian life really is. See, a lot of folks have that image. They have that idea. And a lot of it comes from the scripture right here. Not understanding it correctly. Notice he said, verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way of the Christian life. Is that what it says? 
It says difficult is the way which leads to life. In other words, you haven't gotten there yet. In other words, the transition from the old life to the new life is difficult. It's difficult to lay hold of. It's difficult to find, to find your way. It's narrow. There's few that enter in. And that's one of the reasons why it makes it so difficult. Because it's not widespread. Our salvation isn't understood by everybody. A lot of people don't, still don't understand. Gee, I was raised up in a religious home. They talked Jesus. But yet I didn't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I wasn't saved. See, I didn't, I didn't see him for who he really was as my, as my Lord and Savior. To be my Lord and Savior. So a lot of folks, they don't see it. So you see, it's difficult. See, it's difficult when you're living in darkness to come into the light of God's life. So difficult is a way which leads to it. But once you get to it, once you get through the gate, praise God if you're not like a lot of Christians and you don't just hang out at the gate. A lot of folks, they get in the gate and then they hang out and they keep looking outside the gate. They keep looking at and not wanting to let go of the stuff on the outside of the gate. Some even walk away for a little while and then, if, you know, they find their way back. They have a difficult way finding their way back, you know. They go back out there a little bit and they come in. And, and they're still hanging out in the narrow gateway. They don't get very far. They don't grow up spiritually. They don't go on in God. They don't grow up and understand. He's El Shaddai. He's, what are you looking out there for? He's more than enough. Will you come in here? Look at him, the all-sufficient one. Look at him who's more than enough. Get your eyes on him. Go after him. Some folks just go a little ways. But God wants us to go all the way. He wants us to go into a wide place. Praise God. He wants us to move on from those narrow places. He wants us to move on from those narrow places into wider places. Psalm 18, verse 19. It declares, he also brought me out. We could say out of the kingdom of darkness. Into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Somebody say he brought me into a broad place. See, we got to stop. Walking around as though we're on a tightrope, about to fall off, and recognize this place that God has brought us into. Psalm 31, verse 8. It says, And have not shut me up in the hand of the enemy. Thank God he hasn't. You, O Lord, have set my feet in a wide place. Don't sound narrow to me, does it? No, he's got a wide place to set your feet. Praise God forever. That means it's not so easy to fall in this place. Not so easy to get whipped in this place. Not so easy to get knocked off the ledge in this place. Because it's a wide place. It's a wide place. Somebody say, I'm to be in a wide place. Well, you see, we are in Christ. We're in a wide place. We just got to know it. We got to get our faith up to it. You got to see these things. We got to understand these things. Psalm 118. Verse 5, it says, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Have you ever gone through some distress? 
Have you ever experienced some distress in your life? Huh? Yeah, yeah. But then look what the Lord does. Go through a tight place, go through a rough place, go through a trial, go through a tribulation. Keep your eyes on him. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Just think, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. God's bigger than this. God's bigger than these problems. God's greater than all this. God knows me. God loves me. God's with me. I'm coming out of this into a broad place, in a wider place. I'm in a wider place in my God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm far above these things. I said I'm far above. All these things. That's what he tells us over in the book of Ephesians. That not only are we in a wide place, but we are in an exceedingly high place in God. This is the place that you and I are to abide in under the shadow of the Almighty. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, talking about Jesus And how God raised him up, raised him up, and raised us up together. Notice that verse 6. And raised us up together with Jesus. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now you go back to chapter 1, verse 21. And he gives a little more detail about how we've been made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It says, far above. Everybody say, far above. above. See, not just barely above. You know, where you got one nostril, you know, out of the water. (laughs) You know, you're just, uh, God throws you some snorkeling equipment. You know, you're going through a trial and test, and he gives you a little snorkel, and you put that on, and you just... Just, you're under the water, but bless God, you got some oxygen. You got a little salvation going on. No, no, no. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Now, did he say all? All principality? All principality. That's all devils. That's all demons. Yeah, what about the strong man of Louisville? Well, I'm far above him. Now, I've had people say, now, I had a vision, and I saw a demon, and he was the size of a skyscraper. And the Lord told me it's the strong man of Louisville. Well, bless God. That might be true. Demon the size of a skyscraper. But you know where I am? I'm far above him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't care what kind of skyscraper you have. If you're sitting up on a satellite dish out there in heaven, whatever those things are, satellite... Uh, a satellite, and you're just sitting up there looking, it don't matter. Just point the laser. That's all. All done. Far above. Everybody say far above. Somebody say, that's me. I've been raised up together with Jesus. Far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. This isn't just in that which is to come, but that's also in this age, in this world, in this time. Right now. Right now. Don't just put it off to the age to come. This time now. And also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. 
We're far above. Why? Because our God is a far above, far out kind of God. Amen. Praise God. Say evil can't come near me. Well, if you're far above the evil one, the wicked one, then he shouldn't even be able to come near you. Is that true? Yeah, and that's what he was telling us here over in Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54 in verse 14. He said, in righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Now remember over in Acts chapter 10, Peter stood up and preached at Cornelius' house. And he said, you know how Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing. Ever say healing? Healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. El Shaddad was with him. El Shaddai was with him. So he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So right there in that scripture in Acts chapter 10, it's letting us know that sickness, disease, and all the things Jesus healed people of were classified by God in his word as demonic oppression. They're all classified as demonic oppression. So here the Bible says, you will be far from oppression. Praise God. Far from oppression. Far from all the works of the devil. Far from all sickness and disease and all infirmity. Everybody say far. 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 Praise God. Far. See, see, we've been made to sit in the heavenly places far above the devil and all his works. We're far above. And here he says, you'll be far from oppression. Why? For you shall not fear. And from terror. For it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. Isn't that good news? It shall not come near you. You'll be far above it. Far from it. If you don't fear. If you don't fear. Amen. The enemy, that's what he uses. That's what he uses to be able to oppress people. Is fear. 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 Fear will come and it'll try to, try to grip you. The devil will come with all kinds of lying symptoms and worries. And he'll come with all kinds of oppressive things. And we've got to, we've got to keep out of fear by keeping ourselves in faith by acknowledging who is our God. And he's El Shaddad. He's El Shaddai. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord our shepherd. He's the Lord who's more than enough. He's the God who's more than enough. He's the Lord our provider. That's who he is. And he saves to the uttermost. The uttermost. So that we're far above and far from every kind of evil thing. Man, we got we to see that. See that. See it. Even with facing death, Abraham wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to take a knife and cut through his son. The son that he loved. He loved him dearly. This was not some child that he didn't care. It's not like he had six kids and this was the sixth one. He was kind of annoying anyway. And, 
And all right, you want me to get rid of him? That's all right. No, 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 this is his only son. He loves him. Loves him with everything that he has. I mean, this is, this is his, 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 his dream son. He's been believing God for this child. Now he's got him. And he's going to take a knife and butcher him. He's going to do it. He's going to do it without any fear. Without any fear. How could, he, how could he even think of doing that without any fear? I mean, I had a tough time doing that to a little bird. Yeah, there was this little bird that had fallen out of its nest. You know how those little birds are undeveloped? And they got the long, skinny necks. And they really don't have any, they got little fuzz. You know, they got little fuzz on them. This poor guy, it's 90 degrees outside. He's lying on the ground in front of the, my apartment. And, uh, and I look down there. Oh, poor guy. And I, you know, you can't help him. You can't help him. And so it was like, well, what would love do? Love would put him out of his misery. I said, oh, Lord, 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 I've never worked on a farm before. Lord, I'm from the city. I've never, I've never done this kind of thing before, Lord. But I went inside and I got the knife. Oh, I was a mess. I was a mess. And uh, I said, oh, Lord, Lord, I'll do it. I know I got to do it. I know that's what love would do. And I got to overcome this. I got to overcome this and just do it. I've just got to do it. And I just praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, building myself up on my... Myself up on my most holy faith. Finally, finally I got the courage. Got free enough from fear to get outside the door to do it. And he was dead. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord was so good to me. He just wanted to see if I was willing. Just wanted to see if I was willing. Would I be willing to do it? Once I was willing to do it, the angel came and got the birdie's little spirit. Here is Abraham standing over his son. He's about to kill his son and he's going to do it. But God just wanted to see if he would do it. And called out to him, Abraham, Abraham. And he stopped him from killing his son. But he would would have done it. And he would have burned him as a burnt offering to the Lord. Without any fear. Wow. He understood. He understood that the God he served was El Shaddai. The almighty God. He understood that he is Jehovah Jireh. The God that sees ahead and provides. Amen. In fact, he even said it while he was taking his son up there. He said, the son asked him. Isaac asked him. said, Father, where's, here's the wood and, and the knife, the equipment, but where's... The sacrifice, and he said, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice, son. He understood the provider. Man, he understood the provider. He understood the provider. So he had no fear. He had no fear. Could we do that today? Could you do that today? See, we got to have that same revelation that the father of our faith had. We got to read these scriptures as though it's God himself meeting with us, talking to us and saying, I am the almighty God. I am all El Shaddai. I am to you the God who is more than enough. I am the all sufficient one. I am your provider. We got to see it just like Abraham saw it. So we can believe like Abraham believed. 
and walk in this far above life with this far out God. Can you say amen? Woo, praise God forever. You know, if we go back to Isaiah, actually, let's, let's hold our place there and go to Psalm 91 because we see some more of this. In Psalm 91, it says in verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Now, there it is again. He just said that through Isaiah, didn't he? It shall not come near you. Nothing shall it means harm you. It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Notice that. It's close enough to see it. In fact, he says it's right at your side. It's right at your side. How many people know Jesus himself? was walking along one day and an angry mob of people after he had gotten to preaching the gospel, an angry mob of people got around him. I mean, they were furious. They were full of rage. And they got around him and they began to take him to the edge of the cliff that their city was built on. I mean, he's surrounded. They're about to throw him over the cliff. Was Jesus worried? Was Jesus afraid? No, the Bible says he turned around and walked through the midst of them and went his way. He just turned around. He got to the edge. He let him take him all the way to the edge of the cliff. And then he just turned around, walked right through the midst of them. And they're all standing there. Hey, 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 I mean, they're all around him. But in the end, he didn't go off the cliff. He just walked right through the midst and went his way. See? A thousand will fall at your, right at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand, the Bible tells you. I mean, you're right in, I mean, you're right in the midst of something catastrophic happening. I mean, ten thousand people at your right hand being annihilated right there next to you. You see it. It's right there at your side. And yet he said, it does not come near you. It does not come near you. See, it doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I said it doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith in El Shaddai. We walk by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter. It's like the Apostle Paul said, knocked down but not knocked out. That's how faith talks. Yeah, we've been knocked down, but not, not. Let's look at that. Can we look at that? Uh, I want to do Psalm 91. I want to go back to Isaiah, but let's look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm not talking about a life that's absent of trials and tests, tribulations and devils and harassment. I'm talking about a life of faith. Well, your son is about to get burned right in front of you, even by your own hands, but it doesn't happen. 10,000 people are wiped out right next to you, and yet it's really not right next to you. It's not really near you. It's not really near you. Wasn't even close. Looked like it was close. Looked like Jesus was going to go after you. Lord, you turned around just in time, walked through the midst of them. Lord, if they had just gone one more step, they would have, you would have been rolling down that cliff. I mean, you were right there at the edge of the thing. No, not even near it. 
Looked like it. Looked like it. Felt like it. Seemed like it. But was it really? What did Jesus believe in his heart? He believed in El Shaddai. That's what he believed in his heart. He believed in El Shaddai. He walked by El Shaddai, not by sight. Abraham walked by El Shaddai and Jehovah Jireh and not by sight. It don't matter how bad it looks. I'm not saying things don't look. The devil is a liar. He's an illusion maker. And he will do all kinds of things to make you think that you're sinking, you're drowning, you're going under, you're not going to make it this time. I've got you. But bless God on the inside, we just keep saying El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Oh, the Lord's my provider. Whoo, glory be to God, I'm on top of this thing. I'm far above it, glory be to God. How could you say far above it, bless God? We see it right here on the x-ray. I'm far above it. I'm far above it. I'm far above it. Nothing will by any means harm me. I'm going to come through the midst of this thing. I'm an overcomer. I'm not just a conqueror. He didn't just make you a conqueror. He says you're more than a conqueror. See, because he's more than enough. That's why you're more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. Ah! We're not just going to make it. Bless God. We're going to more than make it. I said we're going to more than make it. I mean, to the point, I mean, I'm meditating on this thing to the point I'm thinking about Elijah. And I'm thinking, Lord, now he went up in a chariot of fire. I like that. <laughs> now, I understand you did that because you have some things you're going to do in the last days. And he's probably going to come back and you're going to do some things. And, 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 you know, over the book of Revelation, that's a possibility. I don't know. But, Lord, I like that. I like a guy that just takes his mantle and hits the sea and the thing splits. And he goes over and a chariot comes, picks him up, and he leaves. I like that. I like that. Why is that in the Bible? I don't know. Make us jealous? I don't know. I believe God likes that. I believe that's what he just said. God likes that. God likes that. He wants us to go out of here in a blaze of glory. Hallelujah. We're not just going to squeak our way out of here. Go out of here as a bunch of victims. Praise God forever. I am no victim. Somebody say, I am no victim. He's a God that's more than enough. And therefore, I'm more than a conqueror. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, see, but when the battles come, when the lies come, when the deceptions come, when the fire is raging all around, like it was for me, Shaq, Shadrach, and Abednego. What are we going to do? What are we going to do when the sea is roaring? The winds are blowing. Are we going to be like Peter? Are we going to get our eyes on the wave and the winds? Huh? Are we going to look at the waves and the winds and say, Oh, oh Jesus, oh God, oh God, help, help, and sink? Or are we just going to keep walking on the water with Jesus? And you think about that. That happened in the middle of the night. It was dark. And there wasn't much, much moonlight shining because it was stormy. Wind was blowing. Waves were getting kicked up. And they're out there walking on the water right in the middle of it. See, I'm not talking about a life where there's no waves and there's no wind. I mean, it's nice when Jesus said, peace be still. That was nice. But it wasn't always like that. I said, well, in this case, they're walking, they're walking on the waves while the wind is blowing. 
and picking up. And God expected Peter to keep walking on the water. He expected him to keep walking on the water, even though, even though it was it looked it looked life threatening, so dangerous, so hopeless, so bleak. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he lost sight of Jesus. Maybe he couldn't see Jesus. Maybe it was foggy. You know, the devil will come with all kinds of fog. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, he had a vision. The Lord appeared to him and said, I'm going to teach you about demons and demon possessions and how, they get a, how devils get a hold of people, even Christians, if they'll let him. And as Jesus begins to talk to him, Brother Hagin's having this vision. He sees Jesus. He's in the realm of the Spirit. He's seeing Jesus. And suddenly, right there in the midst of this vision of Jesus, this little demon appears and jumps between Brother Hagin and Jesus. And the demon just started going, yakety, 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 yak. Just started making all kinds of noise. And Brother Hagin is looking, and Jesus' mouth is still moving. Jesus is still explaining things to Brother Hagin. And, uh, and yet Brother Hagin can't hear him because of this demon. And so Brother Hagin's thinking, he's like, he's like, doesn't the Lord see this? Doesn't he know I can't hear him? And this just continued to go. And then he said something like black smoke began to appear and begin to blur Brother Hagin's vision. So now he can barely see Jesus. He, he can't hear what he's saying. Now he can barely see him. And so Brother Hagin, he said just out of desperation, And by accident, he said to the devil, he said, shut up in Jesus' name. And he said the devil fell to the ground like a sack of salt and just began to whimper like a beaten puppy. And he said that smoke went away and all the yickety yak stopped. And Jesus looked at him and said, now if you hadn't done that, I couldn't have. And and Brother Hagin said to the Lord, he said, Lord, now I know I didn't hear you right. You said you wouldn't have. Jesus said, no, I said I couldn't have. And then Jesus began to teach him about authority and how we have been given authority in Jesus' name over the devil and we're the ones that need to exercise it. We need to exercise that authority. But notice this, Brother Hagin having an incredible spiritual experience. You talk about spiritual. He's seeing Jesus. He's in a vision. And here comes the devil with the audacity Think about that. With the audacity to get between Jesus and Brother Hagin in the vision. That's the audacity of the devil. And he goes in there and he made it hard for Brother Hagin to be able to see. He made it hard for Brother Hagin to be able to hear what the Lord was saying. He had to use his authority. Can you say amen? You see? So we're not talking about the absence of the devil. But we understand that according to our authority... According to the place that we have in Christ Jesus, we're far above the devil. We have authority over him. Amen. And we have to exercise that authority. We have to use that authority. And sometimes we have to do what Ephesians says. Having done all to stand, stand. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. And keep on feeding your faith. Keep on feeding your faith in what? In that you've got the God who's right there with you, and he's more than enough. I said he's more than enough. And he is your father. He is your provider. He's the all-sufficient one. 
And he's got you in a place far above all evil, all devils. So that you don't have to succumb to them. You don't have to. I said, you don't have to. We're not going to. Bible says, resist the devil. Resist the devil in the truth of God's word. Resist him. How do you resist him? Tell him where he's located and where you're located. Devil, you're under my feet. Hallelujah. I'm far above you. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Say it. Say it again. Say it again. El Shaddai lives in me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in me. Hallelujah. He's greater than all. He's the almighty God. Hallelujah. I said he's greater than all. He's the almighty God. He's the almighty God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Apostle Paul said in verse 8, We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In our mortal flesh. Verse, 13, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, he's not talking about getting old. Some people say, man, the outward man's perishing. That's getting old. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about his life being threatened every day by persecutors. See? And so he's facing death. He's facing perishing every day. He says, even though the outward man is on the verge of perishing, yet the inward man full of El Shaddai, is being renewed day by day. See, because we're, why? Because we're thinking on these things. We're meditating on them. We're speaking these things. That's what renews the inner man. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things, which are not, the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Can you see El Shaddai tonight? You can't see him in the flesh. You can't see him in the flesh. So that's why we look at the things which we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's what we're looking at. See, we're not looking at the condition. We're not looking at the circumstances. We're not looking at and listening to the yickety-yak, yakety-yak of the devil. No, we're, look, we're looking to El Shaddai. We're looking to the greater one who's with us, who's in us. We're far above these things. We're far above these things. Can you say amen? Because we're walking by faith and not by sight. We see these things by faith. Just like Abraham. He saw these things by faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God forever. Did we do Psalm 91? We did part of it. 
We did verse 7, but I'd like to hit verse 8. If it's not too much for you. But you're used to too much, right? You're used to too much. Maybe I'll just preach too much to you tonight. Too much. Too much. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but what? You tell me. Personalize it. Say it again. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And let's look at the next verse. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague, what? Come near your dwelling. Come near your dwelling. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I believe this is verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. So he's not saying you're not going to have issues, but he's going to deliver you, but he's going to deliver you what? To the, to the uttermost. To the uttermost. To the uttermost. I will deliver him to the uttermost and honor him. With long life. It's pretty good. Huh? Was that, was that good, Dwayne? Thank you. With long, whoo, hallelujah. Somebody say long life. Long life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise, plenty of time to get the job done and some. Plenty of time to get the job done and some. Like the Apostle Paul, right? He finished his race, he was done, but then he said, well, I'll stick around a little longer for your sakes. I'll do a little extra. It's nice. Finish everything God's called you to do. That's nice. And then say, I'm going to stick around for your sake and do a little extra. That's what he said over in Philippians. Praise God forever. I like that. That's El Shaddai. That's the all-sufficient one. That's our provider. Praise God. Somebody say, with long life. life. He'll satisfy me. Praise God. We're going to live until we're satisfied. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Can I get one more thing in? So going back to Isaiah 54, verse 13 says, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Praise God. Everybody say great. He didn't say peace. He said great peace. Great, great. Great shall be the peace. Great shall be the peace of your children. Why? Because they're taught of the Lord. That's why. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now notice the next verse, 15. Indeed, they shall, they shall surely assemble, these demons. They shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. See, he never said weapons won't be formed against you. He just said they won't prosper. So you see, they'll assemble, 
It's not because I sent him. I didn't send the devil against you. He's telling you, I didn't send the devil. Don't blame me for the problems. Don't blame me for the lying symptoms. Don't blame me for the, the worries. Don't blame me. He said, I didn't send them. But I'll tell you this, they're going to fall for your sake. Oh, yeah, they'll fall. They'll fall. Amplified Bible says it this way. If anyone fiercely attacks you, it will not be from me. Whoever attacks you will fall because of you. See, because of your faith. Because you didn't fear. Because you didn't fear. It's going to fall for your sake. The CSB translation. If anyone attacks you, it is not from me. Whoever attacks you will fall before you. Glory be to God. They'll fall before you. So we're not going to be worried about the attacks. Do attacks come? Yeah, but we're not under an attack, are we? Where are we? Far above. Far above. Far above. Far above all the attacks of the end. That's where we see ourselves by faith. It might not look like that in the flesh. Flesh looks like you're taking a beating. Flesh looks like you're being overwhelmed. But in reality, we know, no, no, no. I believe the word of God. And I'm far above this. Can you say amen? So we're just going to follow God, be led by the Spirit of God, and walk through that valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil, knowing that in reality, we're far above it. We are more than conquerors because we serve a God who's more than enough. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Praise God. Stand on your feet. Let's thank God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.